But let's go ahead and dive in. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Philippians 2, 1 through 8. Philippians 2, 1 through 8. If you don't have your Bibles, it's going to be on the screen. It says this. If then there is any encouragement in Christ, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, make my joy complete by thinking the same way. Having the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Somebody shout one purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility consider others as more important than yourselves. Everyone should look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interests of others. Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who existing in the form of God did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity, And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Today, as we continue our series, Anatomically Correct, I want to speak to you on the subject of health heart, heart health, as we deal with having a servant's heart and what it looks like in the body of Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for tonight. We thank you, Lord, for everyone in this room right now. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the church, the body of Christ, not the four walls, not the structure, but we thank you, Lord, for the church. Father, I pray that as I speak tonight, that it would be you speaking through me. Father, I pray, Lord, just for your wisdom, your words, and I also pray, Lord, that ears are open to hear, hearts are open to receive tonight what you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So as I, was, as I was preparing for this message um, about the body of Christ, when Pastor Jason had approached me about speaking, I started thinking, jotting some ideas down. And heart just kept coming to me. Heart, heart, what it means to have a heart. And what is, what is our heart's function in our natural body as well as the body of Christ? And so I did some research. And this is a, just a short, brief synopsis of what I found. It says, the blood provides your body with the oxygen and nutrients it needs. It also carries away waste. Your heart is sort of like a pump or two pumps in one. The right side of your heart receives blood from the body and pumps it into the lungs. The left side of the heart does the exact opposite. It receives blood from the lungs and pumps it out to the body. And then I messaged my father-in-law. And if any of you guys know, have the pleasure of meeting my father-in-law. He's very sarcastic very humorous. And so, and he's a doctor, so he's been a doctor for over 30 years. And so I asked him, I was like, hey, I'm preaching on Sunday about the heart and how we're supposed to have the heart, heart of God, and, but I need to know some, some information about what the heart is in our natural body. And so I texted him this long, big, thought-out text, and then he replies, and he says, without it, you're dead. I was like, okay, thanks, doctor, for 30 years. He says, without your heart, you're dead. I thought that was hilarious. But then he proceeded to tell me, (laughs) um, he said that your heart pumps the right amount of blood as the body calls for it. Then I asked him, I said, what if it pumps too much blood? He said, it never pumps too much blood, but it can pump too little. And that's what what can cause in heart failure. And so I, I researched heart failure, heart disease. Heart disease remains the leading cause of death in the U.S., accounting for almost one in every four deaths, affecting significantly more men than women. And as I was studying this, I was saying, okay, like, Lord, that's, that's good. 
And God told me in that moment, he said, serving is the heartbeat of the church. It's the very heart of God. It's the heartbeat of the church. When we serve, it pumps blood to all the parts of the body of Christ. Serving provides everything necessary for all the parts of the body to do what they each need to do. Without serving the body goes into failure. You can't have a living and active body without a pumping heart. We cannot have a living and acting church without having a servant's heart. And I know that this, this message uh, across all three services, it's been, it's been, for me, it's been a tough one. Because it's hard sometimes to relay kind of how to have a servant's heart. I was like, Lord, how do you teach that? You can't teach that in one moment. I can't teach that in one night, how to have a servant's heart. So my first point, everybody shout number one. Serving is not an obligation, it's an opportunity. Serving is not an obligation, it's an opportunity. Mark 3, 1 through 5 says this. Jesus entered into the synagogue again, and a man was there who had a shriveled hand. In order to accuse him, they were watching him closely to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath. He told the man with the shriveled hand, stand before us. I love Jesus. It's awesome. Stand before us. Like, stand before us with the shriveled hand. That's great. I'm going to teach these people something right now. Then he said to them, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath or to do evil, to save life or to kill? So this is what he's saying. To the, he's speaking to the Pharisees in the synagogue. But they were silent. They were silent. They were like, okay, <laughs> he's speaking to me now. They have nothing to say then. They, just, they just shut up. They were silent. After looking around at them with anger, he was grieved at the hardness of their hearts and told the man, stretch out your hand. So he stretched it out, and his hand was restored. I love it in this moment, what God was speaking. If you don't know anything about the Pharisees and in the synagogue, basically Pharisees are people that just went by the law. They went by everything. They went by the law. It's like if you give them a manual from A to Z, they would go by that manual. They would not stray away from it. They would continue just to keep the manual. And what Jesus was saying in this moment, he saw it as an opportunity, not an obligation. In this moment, he was saying something to them, speaking to them. And I, I look at that as a bigger picture. I mean, obviously, it's awesome that the man was healed, but I, I see that as a bigger picture because sometimes even in the body of Christ, we do things out of religious ambition. We do things because it's just what we grew up doing. We come to church, we go to work. We come to church, we go to work. We may serve once a month. We come to church, it's a religious duty. We pay for somebody's meal because it feels it's a religious duty. We're nice to people because it seems like a religious duty sometimes. But I love it in this moment, God was speaking to the Pharisees and saying, look, this is not an obligation for me to heal him. I don't care what day of the week it is. I don't care if it's Sunday. I don't care if it's Friday. I don't care if it's Saturday. I don't care if I'm in the middle of something. I'm going to serve because this is, not, is an opportunity for me to serve, to meet a need, to heal somebody that is hurting. The Pharisees were too busy trying to keep to the law that they were going to pass up a need to heal this man with a shriveled hand. Sometimes we, as the body of Christ, are too busy dealing with our own stuff. That we're missing the needs of people. We're blinded to the needs of people. 
We're walking around thinking about what can I do for me? What's happening in my life? What's going on in my life? Come on, somebody. And God is trying to get us to see, take the blinders off, look around, see the need, and meet the need. It's not an obligation. I'm, I'm taking this for myself. When I walk downtown, sometimes I get too busy. I'm hanging out with my friends or doing something, and there's a guy that's homeless, and the Lord pumps me. He's like, go pray for him. Go, go pray for him and go speak something into him. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm hanging out right now. I'm doing, chilling with my dudes, chilling with my homies. You know, I don't want to pray. I don't want to pray right now. I'm not pastor. I'm Andrew. You know, I don't want to do that right now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's the truth. I'm speaking the truth. But God is trying to get me to see, even in that moment, to step out and say, no, no. I've called you to serve. I've called you to have a servant's heart. So walk and do the things that I'm calling you to do. Serving is not an obligation. It's an opportunity. Somebody shout opportunity. Point number two. Serving is not consuming. It's contributing. Serving is not consuming. It's contributing. Mark 10, 45 says this. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Come on, if this doesn't get you excited about something, the Son of Man, the guy, the man who died on the cross for you, for us, didn't come and walk this earth to be served, but to serve. You guys hear me? The Son of Man didn't come here to be served, but to serve. Sometimes in life we can get so focused on ourselves, we focus on what's happening in our lives. What we can do to better ourselves which is awesome. It's awesome to better yourself. It's awesome to go work out. It's awesome to eat healthy. It's awesome to do those things. But if we're continually doing those things and not looking to the needs of others, then we're not serving how God has called us to serve. We're not building the local church. We're not impacting our city how God wants us to impact our city. A consumer is a person who purchases goods and services for personal use. Consumers think about themselves. Contributors think about what they can have to offer. Consumers think about comfort and ease. Contributors think about taking risk and being bold. Come on, somebody. Consumers have a drive-through mentality. They expect everything to be done for them a certain way. But contributors think about what they can do for others. Consumers want someone else to lead them and tell them what to do. But contributors lead themselves, lead themselves and others. God is not calling us to consume God is not calling us to sit down every Sunday, to come here every Sunday and just consume the word and then just go about our Monday like nothing else happened. No, God came and called you here in this moment to reach out and touch the city around you. God called us to impact the city, to contribute, not just to consume everything. I'm all about reading the word of God. I'm all about learning how and, and, and building by faith and, and listening to teachings and all those different things. But if we're constantly doing that, and bringing, pouring in, pouring in, pouring in, pouring in. And we're never giving out. We're never contributing back into the body of Christ. What God is pouring into you. Then we lose the heartbeat of God. Just like my father-in-law said earlier. Without your heart, you die. Without serving, the church dies. Without knowing the heartbeat of God, the church will no longer exist. God's heartbeat is serving. It's what keeps us moving forward. Once we stop serving each other, we stop progressing. Come on. Once we stop serving the person right next to you, we stop progressing. 
Once we stop serving the person at our work, we stop progressing. Once we stop serving our spouses, we stop progressing. Once we stop serving our children, we stop progressing. We have to keep moving forward. We have to keep pressing on. I love it when Paul says, I press on towards the mark of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus. We have to keep moving forward in the body of Christ. We can no longer stay where we're at. Come on. If we're going to grow, which we are growing, but if we're going to continue to grow and go into the next level that God has specifically for the body of Christ, not only the well, but for churches all across the valley, we have to continue to serve. We have to continue to see others how God sees them. And not be so stuck in us. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as ransom for many. Somebody shout number three. three. Serving is not stress, it's strength. Serving is not stress, it's strength. Hebrews 6.10 says this, for God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you demonstrated for his name by serving the saints. I love that. The love you demonstrated for his name by serving the saints and by continuing to serve them. Now we desire each of you to demonstrate the same diligence for the full assurance of your hope until the end. So that you won't become lazy but will be imitators, somebody shout imitators, of those who inherit the promises through faith and perseverance. It is very important to take care of your natural body, right? It's even more important to take care of your spiritual body, the people that are in this room. This was about eight years ago when I was... Um, helping out a church in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And I was sitting under these pastors, and I was doing a dance ministry and helping out the youth group and just getting involved any way that I can. And there was one moment where I stopped volunteering. I stopped being on teams. I was just getting so stressed out, just like we all do. I was like, I don't know if I can, I, I don't know if I could really do this right now. And so I went to the pastors and said, I'm, I'm going to step down. I'm going to stop serving for a month or two or how, however long. And they, they were like, okay, they listened to me. There's like, if you feel that in your heart, okay, do that. So weeks went on, weeks went by. And I continued to sit in service, just how you're sitting. I continued to worship God and I stayed faithful. And I remember specifically one, one service, it was about two weeks in, and um, for me not serving. And I was sitting in service the worship went on. It was dynamic. It was awesome. Transition happened just like today. Then the pastor got up there to speak. And he was speaking on serving in the body of Christ. And I sat there and, and I was like, okay, well, I, I just stopped. I don't know if I should continue to serve or, or do, you know, or, or just be in this team or, or whatnot. And I remember sitting there and God was speaking to me. He said, Andrew, I've called you to serve. I've called you to serve. And I was, okay, I was like, okay, you called me to serve, but what does that, what does that look like? Lord, I, I'm so, I have so much fear right now. I have anxiety. I'm worried about this. I'm worried about bills. I'm worried about that. I'm stressed out. 
I'm done. Like, Lord, what does that mean? He said, Andrew, I've called you to serve. I've called you to have a servant's heart. And I walked out of that, that service. And I was like, okay, Lord, if you called me to serve, you're going to teach me how to serve. You're going to have to give me the strength to endure and to get through it, even in my mess, even in my mistakes, even in my fear, even in my anxiety, even in my worry, even in my frustration. You're going to have to give me the strength to carry this thing through. And he said, I want you to study David. I want you to study David. We all know David was a man after God's own heart. And I started to study David and read. And he, that man, man, was messed up. I'm telling you, like, if you ever want to feel good about yourself, read about David, because he was jacked up. I'm telling you, man. Like, I started reading, I'm like, man, okay, okay, well, dang, he cheated there, and he did that, and he killed that, and the man, I'm like, what is going on? Lord, I'm not that bad. Thank you. <laughs> so I started reading, and he said, but even in all, in the midst of everything that David went through, he was still a man after what? My own heart. Why? Because he kept progressing. He kept pushing. He kept believing every day. He said, Lord, your mercies are new every morning. Lord, I will declare the goodness and the faithfulness of who you are. Even when it feels like I'm frustrated and I'm worried and I'm stressed out about bills, I'm stressed out about where I'm going to live, I'm stressed out about these, I will continue to worship you. I will continue to serve you. I will continue to seek you with my whole heart. And in that moment, I was like, okay, yes, okay, I can do this. So I, I started serving again. I started getting on a team. And yes, it didn't go away right away. Like my stress and all my worry and my anxiety didn't go away right then. When I stepped foot into the church, it was like, no, it wasn't that way at all. But when I started serving and being around people and being around the body of Christ and being around team, my teams were taking care of me. They're saying, Andrew, you can do this. Fight the good fight of faith. Keep pressing on. Keep pushing. Keep doing what God has called you to do. Stay faithful. And so it's important when we are talking and dealing with the servant's heart and knowing that we have to stay faithful and know that serving isn't stressful. It shouldn't be a stressful thing. Because I'm guilty of it too. I sat in this church for like seven, eight months and didn't lift a finger. I'm telling you, man. I'm serious. I'm being real. Me and my wife, we were like, no, we're not going to tell them we were pastors. We're not going to tell them we were this. We're not going to tell them we were that. We're just going to sit down and just consume. Consume, consume. Get it all in. Get it all in. <laughs> but even in that moment, I was like, okay, Lord, okay, I got to start serving. I, got, I started getting antsy because I felt like, man, like I can't forsake the assembly of people together. Never forsake it. I love being around people. I love being in this church. I love our greeters. I love our parking lot. I love people that are at the welcome team. I love our kids' ministry. I love our youth. Why? It's because we all have a heart to serve. We all want to see this kingdom, this nation, impacted for the glory of God. When you are serving on a team, it's important that your team or it's your team's job to really take care of you. So many times we think serving is so stressful. I'm right there. It's like another thing, right, on our bucket list. It's like another thing that we have to do. It's like I'm so busy with life right now. 
I have my job, I'm working 60 plus hours, and then you want me to come to the church and serve? Absolutely not. You know? <laughs> I'm being true. Hey, <laughs> come on. Tell the truth, shame the devil. <laughs> but we come into church. Come on, come on, somebody. We come into church. And we, we come from our work week and our busyness of life and kids, running the kids around to soccer games and to dance and all these different things. And the last thing you want to do is get up an hour earlier to come to church to serve on a team. Come on. But I'm telling you guys, it's not a stressful thing. It's a joyous thing. We make it, especially here at the well, we encourage people to be on teams. Why? Because we know it's a joyous thing. We know that your life will be impacted by the people that are around you. We know that you'll be strengthened and not stressed when you come in here. Somebody shout number four. Serving is not labor, it's love. Serving is not labor, it's love. Matthew 25, 35 through 40 says this. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or without clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king Jesus answered them and said this, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. When dealing with serving and having a servant's heart, you have to know that you're not serving the man. It's so easy to, to, to see leaders and say, okay, well, I'm serving them. But I'm not serving Pastor Jason. I love them, and I'm part of this team. I'm not serving Pastor Erica. I'm serving Jesus. And every time I serve, I have that in my heart. Every time I clean up something in the church, I have that in my heart. I'm not cleaning these bathrooms for Jason and Erica. I'm not doing this for them. I'm doing this for the one who died for me. Because he gave his life so that I could be free, so that I can stand in this room and worship together. I'm doing this for the one who died for me. So know that today, if you don't get anything out of this. Serving is never labor, it's love. And because God displayed love to you, it's our job to display love to others. That's our duty. That's our one purpose that should be in our hearts. It's to impact the city. Come on. It's to impact where you work. It's to impact your family. With love. We had serve day a few months ago. And I walked in here, it was a busy week for a lot of our staff and a lot of us. And that Saturday morning, I walked in here a little stressed. 
And I was worried, and I was like, okay, Lord, I'm, 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 you want me to lead all these people. You want me to rally all these people, get them excited. And I'm stressed. Come on. I walked in here so stressed. I was like, okay, Lord, give me that servant's heart. I want that servant's heart. I want to love people. I want to see them how you see them. And I walked in here, and somebody immediately gave me a hug and said, hey, man, I love you. What's going on? Then another person gave me a hug. How are you doing? What's going on? Are you excited? Yeah. And then another person gave me a hug. By the end, by the time we started making sandwiches and having assembly lines, I was like jumping up and down. I was like, yeah, let's get it. Let's go. But had I not walked in here, had I just sat at home and just been so stressed out, in my funk God wouldn't have allowed healing to take place in my heart and so I want to encourage you guys if you're not on a team yet get on a team start serving start building and impacting the kingdom of God we're going to the next level this church is going to the next level we're starting a new community we're starting a redemption house but we, just as staff, us nine or ten of us, can't do it by ourselves. We need each individual in this room walking in their God-given purpose. What God has placed you to do in the body of Christ. Each and every one of you has a gifting. How awesome would it be? Us, the church, the body of Christ, how awesome would it be? 800 of us serving consistently, passionately, on fire. Listen, I can't reach a thousand people. Pastor Jason can't reach a thousand people, but you can reach one, you can reach two, you can reach three, you can reach four, you can reach five, and we can ultimately impact the city for the kingdom and the glory of God. And I want to speak to somebody in this room right now. You may feel like, hey, Pastor Andrew, that's a good message, but I don't feel qualified to serve. I don't feel qualified to serve. I don't even know how to serve. Or you may say, hey, I was on a team in a church and I was burnt out, I was frustrated, nothing was organized, nothing was in place, and I'm tired. I don't wanna do that anymore. I just wanna sit here and consume. But I wanna encourage you, that's what the church is. That's what the body of Christ is. The body of Christ is here to be, be there for each other, to hold each other up in difficult times, in frustrating times, the body of Christ, the heartbeat of God, the heartbeat of God is to see people one for his glory. So I want to encourage you today in this moment to serve, not just to serve because we want you to serve, but serve because it's the very heartbeat of God. And without it, without our heart, we cannot reach the city. We cannot impact the body of Christ. Come on, would you stand?